Whatever need you came with today, and I know all of us came with needs, just lay that need down at the foot of the cross and let God fill you up with what He knows you need most. You know, He knows what you need even more than what you think you need, and He's got something for you. So just open up. Just be ready. Lord, whatever it is, your agenda gets to take charge in my life today. Amen? Amen. Okay. okay. Those of you who are Generations Tribe, you probably already know this guy, uh, Brother Ivan Tate, and we are so blessed that today he is here with his amazing wife, Kim, and tonight, I believe Miss Kim's going to do some talking too, right? Oh, that's going to be good. You're going to be blessed by that. Let's give a big Generations Texas welcome all the way from Georgia, Ivan and Kim Tate. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. This is my beautiful wife, Kimberly, who keeps everything going. Praise the Lord. And she's going to talk to you about some of the kids and some of the stuff like that. And I'll be back. Go ahead, babe. We have an orphanage, you know, in Guatemala. And so our services are full of kids. It doesn't look normal unless there is. So, and they... They're a rowdy bunch. If you haven't been to Guatemala, I mean, your kids have nothing on the kids at the orphanage. They are a rowdy bunch, unchurched and raring to go. So it's awesome. Now they go to church, of course, because they're at the orphanage, but they didn't before they came. That's what I mean by unchurched. We also have a ministry in Kenya, a big feeding program, and we were there in 19 2019 and it was fantastic we built a new church building we're in the slums of the slum of the slum of the slum of the slums and so you think you've been to a slum you haven't been to a slum you need to come to kenya you know it's that uttermost part that we have to reach before jesus comes back so you need to go to kenya it's not just you need to go to Kenya. You need to go to Kenya, right? Yes. It's awesome. And because you're from the United States of America and they can't even believe you'd go see them, honestly, they're just flabbergasted. Where are you from? Because I talk weird to them. Oh, I came from the United... Oh, they're all in shock and awe. And why would you come? I just came to tell you about Jesus. Who? Literally, there are people on this earth that haven't heard about Jesus. It's the most refreshing thing. When they hear about him, it's, it's hard for them to believe that someone would die for them so they can go to heaven. A perfect man, fully God, fully man, died for them because we found in our ministry to the slums and the people in the slums that they know all about sin and hell. They know they're going to someplace bad when they die. Everybody has that consciousness. Uh-oh. When I die, it's, it's going to be bad. It's going to be real bad. And I think that comes from the Garden of, of Eden where they ate of the tree of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But all they got was the evil part. They all just know that it's going to be bad when they die. They don't know why or where or how, but they know they're sinners. They're so aware. And they don't know the term sinners, but they know they've done bad and that they deserve to be punished. Isn't that crazy? 
how the devil gets into even unbelievers and says, oh man, it's not looking good for you. That's why it's good news. Yes. You say, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, you're right. Yes, praise God. You are t so right. It it's, could be bad after you die, but guess what? And they're like, what? I mean, the tears, the relief. You just have to experience it. And you have instant favor. You may not be the best witnesser on the planet. Who is? He's already in heaven. But we get to talk about him. And he does the work in their hearts. And then the tears and the relief, you just have to experience it. I promise you, you have favor already. They're just waiting for you. You already have favor. You can go talk to somebody with your mixed up testimony and you don't know what you even should say and God will use it and they'll meet Jesus. Oh, it's amazing. I just hope that for you before you get to see his face face to face. I hope you get to lead someone from the uttermost parts of the earth to Jesus. There's nothing like it. So, here's a video. Esmeralda grew up on the streets of Guatemala. Her father and her mother would sell her and her oldest sister for labor in the streets and also into prostitution. Can you make it smaller? Esmeralda was used as a very young girl to work on the streets, to beg on the streets, and to try to make money for her family. She was very sick from the time she was very young. When the case of their abuse came to the ears of the judges, they rescued Esmeralda and her sister and they sent them to a hospital for recovery. There they found that Esmeralda actually had spina bifida and they put her on a very heavy duty intense medication which stole all of her life, all of her joy and all of her energy. We gathered together a group of leaders and pastors at the orphanage. We laid hands on Esmeralda, we anointed her with oil and we prayed and believed God for a miracle healing. Our doctors, with the advice and counsel of each other, took her off of the current medication that she was on. And we did a three-week trial period of just prayer, anointing her in oil, and blessing her little body. When we took her back to the doctor, a miracle had happened. They checked all the case files, they did all the blood work, they looked through all the information and they could not find any trace of spina bifida in her body. She had been 100% healed, she was 100% whole, and from that day in 2013 until this, she has never had a reoccurrence of that sickness ever in her life. much for partnering with us we thank you so much for saying that this life matters because at Casa Angelina it is a place of love and healing where every life matters
for partnering with us. I want to tell you today is Esmeralda's not his favorite and he did that for her you are you're God's favorite and whatever need you have in your life today may Esmeralda be a miracle testimony for you so you can believe God for your life because God loves you so much and he sees where you are you don't have to be an orphan in Guatemala with spinal bifida to get touched by God. He loves to touch his children. And you are just as worthy, just as able to receive. And he wants this morning to touch your life. And I know he's brought you an amazing word this morning in Ivan Tate. Thank you, darling. Praise the Lord, everybody. Tonight, Miss Kimberly will be preaching with me. Glory to God. It's going to be great. And we're going to flow in the Holy Spirit. Um, you can be going to Psalm 68 and wait there. I want to tell you about this new product that we have out there for you. For those of you that believe that your job is to get educated as a Christian and that any area where you're ignorant, you become food for a, a predator. And so one of the things we have to do is fill up the spiritual education gaps. And we need to get spiritually educated so that we know how to fight a good fight, how to walk with God the way we're supposed to, how to live the way we're supposed to, and how to fulfill God's plan for our lives. And it's very, 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 very important for you not to be a lazy Christian that just goes on year after year without improving the levels of your knowledge and spiritual skills. Because being a Christian is not just about getting saved, it's about being discipled. And it's about becoming a weapon in the hands of God. And that is a very big and important thing. Like anything, if you're not educated in that thing, you fail, you're frustrated, you have weaknesses. But once you become skilled and master something, then that thing that you master begins to give you its full blessings and benefits. So Christianity is the same thing. Uh, if you don't understand your Bible, you're basically just killing yourself. Christianity will not bless you if you don't understand it, nor will God bless you if you don't understand Him. And life will not bless you if you don't understand it from God's perspective. So you have two realities. You have the reality of life without God and the reality of life with God, and they are nothing alike. And if you do not learn that information and gather that information and learn how to deal with the other world that influences this world and deal with the agents of the other world, being God, his angels, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Father, demons, fallen angels, and the strategies of darkness, then you're going to end up being very confused, deceived, and have results that the Bible does not actually promise for believers. You'll have a different set of experiences that aren't actually the ones God planned for you to have. So knowledge is really important. And so how many of you have ever had spiritual warfare, battles 
in your soul or mind or in family or relationships? Have you ever been in battles that you didn't know what to do about? You didn't know how to handle those battles. You didn't really know what was going on. You just kind of just stood there and hoped it would all just go away. And um, so we have a series that we did called Untouchable, and it's about 11 hours, and then it comes with a workbook. And this is not for the lazy. This is for disciples. This is for men and women who say, listen, what, how does Satan work in our family? How does he work in our marriage? How does he work in us individually or in our children? And once you find out his strategies for a family, for a church, for your business, for your personal health, for your life, for your marriage, once you find that, because every child you have is different and will have different types of attacks on them. Some of them will have attacks of ideology. And they'll say they'll have battles of believing who God is, believing about ideology, ideas. Others will have things that are physical, and others will have relational battles. Others will have moral battles and things like that. So all of those things, you need to be equipped by knowledge. Knowledge gives you power, and divine knowledge gives you power over reality. So you have the reality of God that overrides the reality of life. And if you don't have that, you cannot override the reality of life, such as a disease or a sickness or a problem or something like that. But once you understand how the divine knowledge of God operates in your life, you're able to apply it and get results that are called supernatural results. Praise the Lord. And if all you're going to have is the natural, then you're just a humanistic Christian. You're just intellectually saved. But you're not experientially thriving with the blessings of God that he actually means for you to experience and have because of ignorance. Because of ignorance, my people are destroyed. That's what the Bible says. So it's really important. Remember, when you get saved, it's just the beginning of your second education, your most important one. That's your spiritual one. Praise the Lord. Uh, so untouchable, you go through it. it. What it does is it exposes all the different ways Satan attacks people the strategies he uses, and how to dismantle those as soon as they happen. I found in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation that his number one technique uh, for attacking anything is divide and conquer. He immediately wants to separate. He wants to separate you and divide you. And that's the work of a predator. That's what predators do. Go on YouTube and watch the lions. That's what they do. Watch the wolves. That's what they do. They separate one, and then they devour it. So that's a very important thing to realize, especially when you're raising a family, that something might happen to one of your children, and, and you'll no, notice them pulling back. That's the time to really get in there and pull out that stuff that's making that happen. So... Um, you know, sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't, but the more knowledge you have, the easier it will be. So you have that, you have the both letters from God books for children and, and that, and plus that, and then we're getting in the mail here, I believe in the next two, three weeks, our new book called The Encouraged Parent, and that's, uh, we should have it the next time we come. So praise the Lord. All right, let's get into the Word of God this morning in the book of Psalms and verse 68, and let's begin 
to receive the wealth of God's Word. Lord, we ask you to bless your Word to our hearts, change our mind, change our attitude, change our perspective, and change our behavior in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you believe you come to church to be changed? How many of you believe that anything that is divine results in a transformation? So anything God does in your life that produces a divine change is the act of, a, act of love from heaven. Anything that makes you weak, anything that discourages you, and anything that steals from you comes from the devil. Praise the Lord. Simple thinking produces miraculous results. And so as soon as you can make everything simple, it will change the way you look at your day. And so what I want to talk to you about today, this morning, is you need a family. Would everybody say that to everybody around you? You need a family. Here is what the Bible says in Psalm 68, 6. God sets the solitary and the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. But the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. All through the Bible, from the very beginning of the Bible, God is called a father. That's family language. Jesus is called a son. That is family language. And all throughout the Bible, everything is referred to in family terminology, meaning that the Bible is a Bible a family. It is a, it is a Bible for families, and anybody can be in the family and a part of a family, even a single person. Because God is a father, therefore, anyone can have him as their father and become part of his family. The Bible says it is not good for man to dwell alone. That's not just a man needing a woman. This is the nature of human beings. It's unhealthy for you to be by yourself. It is unhealthy for you to be totally alone and feel alone in the midst of a community of people. God is a community God, so he raises up communities. There are three basic kinds of families. You have your earthly family that you're born into. Your earthly family then can be good or bad. It can be a family where actually your family can be the worst thing there has ever been in your life. It is the place where you are harmed the most, hurt the most, abused the most, wounded the most. It can be a terrible, terrible experience to be born into certain families because the families themselves are predatory families. We have all the children in Africa and all the children in Guatemala that are born into predatory families. The best thing for them is to get them away from those families because an earthly family needs to become a godly family. And so a godly family is a family that blesses you and that you bless. However, you cannot actually have a godly family without a spiritual family. 
from the spiritual family comes a godly family. A lot of people say we're not going to church because we need family time. That is one of the most ridiculous, unbiblical, stupid things to say. Actually, your best family time is church time. What is the best thing to do with your family? Praise God, worship God, listen to the Word of God, talk about the Word of God, fellowship around the Word of God, raise your children in church, raise your children praising God, laying hands on the sick, prophesying, uh, operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, learning the wisdom of God, learning the knowledge of God. This is the best thing you can do for your family. To go to the beach again is not going to bring you back Holy Ghost children. To go to the park again is not going to bring you back Holy Ghost children. To watch TV and movies all day for days and days is not going to bring you back Holy Ghost children. To work at home like slaves and work till they drop is not going to bring you Holy Ghost children. You need the family of God to get a godly family. Once you have a godly family, that godly family begins to absorb the earthly family into the spiritual family, and the cycle of life keeps going. Praise the Lord. Tell somebody, I need a family. We know that being part of a family is not just being born in a family. How many of you were born in a family but really never belonged to the family? You just were living in a family, but there was no actual family attributes in the family. There was verbal abuse, there was rejection, there was physical abuse, there was alcoholism, there was uh, divorces, separations, there was brokenheartedness, there was uh, contention, strife, there was anger, there was violence. In many of your families, this is the way it was. None of those things are a family. None of that is a family. That is not a family. And that is not what God means when he says he puts the solitary in families. God does not put lonely people in dysfunctional families. He takes them out of dysfunctional families and puts them in his own family. Praise the Lord. So today, because of COVID and all the things happening, many believers are no longer going to church and they are developing a culture of staying home. Understand what I'm telling you, that the devil is in charge of getting you out of church. It is his job to get you out of church and to close down the churches. That is exactly what he wants, so that you get addicted to your couch and to lemonade and to watching things on TV where you are not really going to have the total impartations that you get when you're in the family of God that God has chosen for you. This is a strategy of the devil. He does not want you going to church. He does not want you in church. Now, if you're listening to me online, don't get mad at me. Don't get offended at me. Don't, don't feel like I'm accusing you or anything because a lot of good people are also deceived people. We've all been deceived at one time or another. So deception is one of his strategies. He gives you information that is distorted and incorrect. No, God is wrong. If you eat of that tree, you will not die, but you will be like God. This is the basic strategy of Satan 
from the beginning. We're enjoying church more from home than we ever did from going in. That's a lie of the devil because you cannot get the impartations of the Spirit from a TV that you get from someone laying hands on you or from being in the midst. That also doesn't mean, it also doesn't mean that you're part of a family because you're going to church. I thought you just, no. You may be going to church, but it doesn't mean you're actually part of that family or part of that church. You can have family reunions and not even know all these cousins and uncles and aunts and, any, and anything. And you may say, well, we look alike, but, but I have no, no, no relationship with you. I'm closer to strangers than I am to you. So going to church, you don't get any benefits from going to church if you're not going to be a part of the church. You get no benefits from a family if you're not part of the intricacies of the family. Sitting in church, listening, and going home is not being part of the family. Being part of the family is participating in family activity. Praise the Lord. How do you know that your dad is a part of your family? Because he spends quality time with you as a child. He actually holds your hand and walks places with you and teaches you about life itself. He actually trains you and mentors you. Your mother actually trains you and mentors you and loves you and nurtures you and, and talks to you. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, no, don't do that. Yeah, do that. that that's, oh, that's so good. Yes, that's... Oh, no, never do that. Never. No. Stop. Don't eat that. That, that belongs... That, don't eat that. That little thing that comes out of your nose, no, put that out there. Don't, don't, don't eat that. Because if they were not taught that, then you'd have everybody eating things that they're not supposed to eat. And doing things they're not supposed to do and behaving in ways they're not supposed to behave. We now have churches that are more like theaters than they are families. It's like you go to watch a show and then you leave undisturbed. This is not a family. If you have a family, it's like going to the hospital and going to see all the little newborn babies and you're in there looking at them. And as you know, not all newborn babies are pretty when they're born. Some of those are ugly, ugly little children. Pointed noses, horrible ears, big old lips, unusual things from being inside there, squished for so many months. Boom. But you would never stand there if a woman in a robe was there weeping, looking at one of those children and say, which one is yours? I hope it's not number three. That's the ugliest child I have ever seen in my life. You would not say that to that woman because you know if that happens to be your baby, you are going to die on that day with a woman on top beating you down. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because all she sees is perfection and beauty. Why? It's her family. Why can you criticize them? Because they're not yours. And why do people criticize their church and find fault with their family? Because it's not their family. They're not actually connected to the family. They're just going there until they get offended or they don't like the music and then they'll go on to another church because they're not family yet. And until you're family, you don't get the benefits of that house. 
and of that family. When, my, when I die, my children and my wife dies, when we die, our children get whatever we have. It's a benefit of being a family. Praise the Lord. When you're in a family, you get benefits from the family because you're a part of the family, not because you're visiting someone else's family. And so you have a lot of empty-handed people that are staying home or not going to church at all and not benefit, benefiting from the blessings that are available as a family. We have a problem in the world, and that's called loneliness and a spirit of being solitary. Solitary is very dangerous because that word equals orphans. And so an orphan spirit is on the body of Christ. It is a spirit that makes people feel like there's no one they can truly trust. Because to be an orphan, all you need is to have two parents that don't know how to parent or to not have parents at all. This makes you an orphan, and this causes you to not be able to receive what God actually wants you to have. Praise the Lord. You see, when a person is an orphan, they have these traits, for example. They're lonely, they're independent, they're loners, they don't fit in anywhere, they can't relate to anybody, they're emotionally disconnected, they're suspicious of everyone's motives, they are uh, completely independent, sometimes very rebellious, and have anger inside. They don't know where it comes from. It's hard for them to let anybody in, sometimes even their own earthly family, because they are still orphans and they have a spirit of an orphan on them. So what God does when he puts you in a spiritual family is he heals you from the spirit of an orphan. All of a sudden you realize I'm adopted by God. He is my father and I have a lot of brothers and sisters and God has given them to me. I'm no longer alone and by myself. Then you begin to learn the skills of family such as how do you relate to your father now who is in heaven? And you begin to develop that father relationship between you and your heavenly father. He's no longer just a figure are just somebody you call father up in the air, he becomes very intimately acquainted with you and you become very intimately acquainted with him and he is with you all day long in the manifest presence of his glory, resting on you, talking to you, telling you don't do that, don't think like that, don't act that way, don't feel that way, that's not what I think, that's not what I feel, that's not what I did, that's not what I'm telling you. I didn't say that. I didn't do that. Yes, I love you. Oh, I'm always with you. I'll take care of you. I'll watch over you. It's going to be okay. I'll watch over them. I'll take care of them. I'll perform those miracles. I'll do that impossible thing. Here, let me comfort you. Can I encourage you? Listen to what I have to say. This is my perspective. These are the interactions that go on between a father and his child. And when you develop that, you're developing now the traits of a family person. And now you get the benefits of the family. You see, when a person is a loner, church is something they sometimes do out of cultural uh, responsibility. Or they do it out of habit. Or they do it because they don't want anybody to go to hell in their family. 
or they do it because they just are so crazy they need help. But very few do it because they have so much family connection to God and his children and love them and want to be in fellowship with them all the time. Praise the Lord. You see, if you want all the blessings of God, you've got to be part of his active family. Amen. Not symbolic relationships, but real relationships. This goes from the top to the bottom. There are many ministers, for example, that are not actually part of the family of God. They live two different lives. They get in a lot of trouble. There are others that are totally dedicated and have a relationship with the Father, and when they talk to you, they bring that into your soul and spirit. They're so close to Jesus that you feel it when they talk to you. These are family people. Praise the Lord. The question you must ask is if you are part of the family of God, not just walking temporarily into a church until somebody says something you don't like. You can't leave your husband every time he blows it. Can you? You'll end up with 20 or 30 husbands. Like the woman at the well. Has your husband failed you? Has he ever broken his word? Has he ever promised something and then didn't follow through with it? Did you kick him out? Did you say, I'm done? Pack your bag. Get out of here. I can't take the toothpaste being open like that anymore. I've had it. You made a covenant. You said, till death do us part. For richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, for better or for worse. I'm with you. Dear Lord, help me, Jesus. You may say that. God, I need help with this man. God, I need help with this woman. You may say that, but that's all part of the enchilada that you bought and paid for. You can't just cast them out because they're not perfect and don't act the way you want them to act. Otherwise, everybody would be abandoning everybody all the time. Are all your kids perfect? Is every child just exactly how you want them to be? Do you just get rid of them and say, I want these two, but you can, I, I'm giving you this one. I got two good ones and one rotten one. You don't say that. You certainly wouldn't say that to them. And if you have, you should repent for doing that. Because sometimes the most rotten child, after he has a conversion, becomes the most powerful evangelist of all. Praise the Lord. Because he was in the mouth of Satan, feeling the fires of hell, and God rescued him out of them. It's called prodigal children. Praise the Lord. Hug somebody right now in the spirit and say, I love you so much. And then send it over to somebody. So, keep that in your mind, because God is driving the orphan out of the church. Everybody say that. God is driving the spirit of an orphan out of the church so that everybody can belong to the family of God. Say it out loud. I need to belong to the family of God. So for this reason, I bow my knees, says Ephesians chapter 3, before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Now there are what I call families of death. These are families you don't want to belong to 
because they produce death in your life. And so let's go through that. Jesus said in John 8, 44, a very powerful thing to the Pharisees, who were the religious people of the, of the time, and they were considered, of course, the servants of God. You belong to your father, the devil. This is what Jesus said to them. You belong to your... You see, Satan has a family and is called a father. And Jesus acknowledged that Satan is a father. He's called the father of lies. Praise the Lord. So in God's kingdom, in the world, you have two kingdoms. You have the kingdom with Jesus as the king, and you have the kingdom with Satan as the king. Praise the Lord. Jesus' kingdom is love, and Satan's kingdom is hate. Praise the Lord. The kingdom of Jesus is unity, and Satan's kingdom is division. Are you alive? Everything negative is in the kingdom of Satan, and everything positive is in the kingdom of God. And so whatever you partner with, you draw from that family. So remember that, that drawing from your family is very powerful. And you need to draw from the family of God to get a godly family and then rescue your earthly family that may still be in pieces. Sometimes people make idols out of their earthly family and say, I don't need the family of God. All I need is my wife and my children. Everybody else can go jump in the lake. However, that's the attitude of an orphan, not the attitude of somebody belonging to a divine plan that requires the cooperation of millions of people in order for that plan to come to pass and for you to fulfill your destiny. You can't fulfill your destiny alone. You need the family God is going to connect you to in order to do it. I cannot fulfill my family without the help of thousands of other people who support what I do and help me do what I'm called to do. I can't do it alone. I'm not a billionaire. I'm not a millionaire. I need the help of people to do what I'm supposed to do. I had long arguments with God about this. I said, God, just give me one billionaire and forget everybody else. Let me talk to one person instead of 20,000 people. But God said, no, you would rob all those children of mine from their blessing of being a part of what you're doing. That's the family. Praise the Lord. Just like you have brothers and sisters, you wish you weren't connected to them, and you wish they weren't your brother and sister. How in the world did this person come into our family? They're driving everybody in the family crazy. Can we just disown them? There you go. So, remember that Satan has an agenda and God has an agenda. Satan's agenda is fear-driven and God's agenda is faith-driven. So there are three basic fears based on Psalm 91.13. You shall tread upon the lion, the adder, and the dragon. So the lion fears are those that are bold and come straight at you like Corona. They come straight at you. They paralyze you. You see a lion, you're going to get paralyzed. It'll just freak you out. It's so bold. Then you have the adder fears, which are hidden in the grass. You can't see them, but you know they're there. And you're aware of them, and they change the way you walk. They poison you. 
And then you have the dragon fears, because a dragon doesn't exist. They're the figments of your imagination, and they make you paranoid, because you don't know where they're at, or if you're even near them. You don't know if they're even in the room. Did I just touch somebody with coronavirus? I just touched that, now do I have coronavirus? Coronavirus, do you have coronavirus? Well, don't breathe on me. Don't come near, don't touch me. Wait a second, don't look that way. I rubbed against that wall. Maybe I got it on my shoulder now. I mean, let's take a bath in the hand sanitizer. Let, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like it gets very paranoid, and paranoid is not Jesus. Poison is not Jesus, and being paralyzed is not Jesus. You have to have the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God tells you to be precautious, but it doesn't tell you to be paranoid. When you're part of the family of God, you have the peace of God, and you know everything's going to be okay. Everybody, raise your hands and say, everything is going to be okay. In just a matter of months, everything is going to change, and the whole world will be different. Praise the Lord. So, these are important things. Number one, you don't want to be part of the family of the fearful because that is not of God. And there are millions of Christians in that family today. You don't want to be part of the family of the deceived. Those people that get deceived and stay deceived and are cut out from the family of God. You don't want to be a part of the family of the offended. Those that get offended and never will come back to church again because they got offended at a preacher or a church and now they just stay home. You don't want to be a part of the church of the disobedient. That means people who hear the word of God but disobey it as a habit. You don't want to be a part of the family of the worldly because the worldly are connected to the father of the world and the prince of the power of the air. And when you're worldly, then you're participating in fellowship and communion with the father of the world, the prince of the power of the air that works in the children of disobedience. And you don't want to be a part of the family of the unbelieving, those that can't believe that God will do anything great or that performs miracles, or the family of the wounded. Because when you're part of the family of the wounded, and that's really your identity is that you're wounded, then you can't heal anything because a sick thing cannot heal a sick thing. And finally, you can't be a part of the family of the blind. And those are the people who refuse to see the light, even when it's shining in their face. We want to be a part of the family of God. Praise the Lord. The family of God works like this. First of all, it's a family. There's brothers and sisters. There's bonding. There's love. There's affection. There's oneness. There's community. There's ownership. All of that is in a family. Praise the Lord. Then it's called a body, the body of Christ, because it's a place where you, as a joint, not a joint, but a joint is connected to other joints. They feed you for every joint supplies, and you feed them. In the body is where you find out your identity. Are you a mouth, an eye, a nose, an ear, a tongue? an elbow, a knee, a foot, a finger, hair, skin, a lung. What are you? It's where you find that. That happens in the house of God because the house of God is the body of Christ. 
Without that, you'll never find your identity. When you're not part of the spiritual family, you cannot find your identity even if you have a godly family. You need the family of God and you need to stay close to the family of God so that you can benefit from all those blessings. Then the Bible is also called the vineyard. This is important because it's connected to the vine, John 15. And you draw the wine of the Holy Spirit, which is revelation. You don't get revelation apart from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit treats you like a vine or a branch and you're connected and God begins to feed you with revelation knowledge that actually changes your perspective, your perceptions, and your conclusions. Because you are the product of your conclusions. Once you make a conclusion, then you're going to reap the harvest of that conclusion, whether it is right or wrong, good or bad. Praise the Lord. It is also called an ark, a place of safety and protection. Matthew 18, 16, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Somebody shout a little bit and say, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Say it again. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. One more time. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Praise the Lord. And finally, and also it's called an army because that's where you learn how to fight. That's where you learn the skills of following the order in the spirit of generals and captains and lieutenants and corporals and privates and majors and sergeants and all the different parts of the different people you are, God places you in the army and puts weapons in your hands and you are supposed to learn how to use those weapons to protect your family, the family of God. And you have got to become a warrior. You can't just be all the time a little child on your daddy's lap. At some time, you got to get off the lap and go get your training as a soldier and a warrior and say, these are my tools and my sword and my weapon, and this is what I'm called by God to do. I'm going to fight this fight, and this is what I have been taught by God. I can use the bazooka better than everybody else. I can use the AR better than everybody else. I can use the hand weapon better than... I can use knives. All these are metaphors of the things God teaches you so that you can actually be an active part of his family which is called an army and the army has assigned missions to go and take the territory that the enemy is possessing that belongs to God. Praise the Lord. And then finally it's a church. It's a church where the, all the family gathers together in multiple families of the millions around the world, in every kind of language, of every kind of tribe, of every kind of person. That's why obviously in heaven there's no segregation because then that would not be heaven, that would be hell. There are no tribes of people that stay segregated in heaven. We're all part of the family of God together and we must practice that down here. Because you can't exclude somebody down here and then all of a sudden die and over there you're going to include everybody. 
you are still who you are, and so you need to understand that equality can never be achieved without the love of God. It is the love of God that makes you adore other people that are not like you in looks, mannerisms, personality, and cultural beliefs and behavior. If you don't have the love of God, then you're just trying to change and modify behavior. But modifying behavior does not change the intent of the heart towards a person. It is when you have the love of God that all of a sudden every person becomes priceless and every person becomes unique and every person is a masterpiece because they're the only one like them on planet Earth. That's why we don't tolerate, we celebrate. We don't tolerate people, we celebrate them. They are to be celebrated because there's nobody like them in the whole wide world. This is not going to happen out there in the world. This is only going to happen where the love of God is. And that is supposed to be the family of God. Everybody can understand that not everything called a church is a church. And not everybody called a Christian is a Christian. Any more than if you put your hand in a cookie jar, you're a cookie. Or if you watch workout videos for an hour every day and tell people, I'm working out for an hour every day. No, you're not. You're watching workout videos for one hour every day. You're just watching them. Your left leg didn't move. Your right leg didn't move. You haven't lifted nothing. You sat down and said, man, that was a hard workout. One hour working out with that person. That, that wore me out. And somebody calls you, what are you doing? Working out. You're just watching a video. But I work out, praise God. That's what you, I work out. No, you don't. Any more than just going to a building and be sitting in a, in, a, in a chair in church makes you a part of the family of God. Praise the Lord. So, these are the blessings as I come to an end on this message. What blessings do you get from the family of God that you can't get from your earthly family? You can only get it from God's family. Protection, affection, direction. Those things come from the Holy Spirit. He gives those to his family. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody right now and say, protection, affection, direction. Shake the person next to you and say, snap out of it. You see, what you don't want to do is have your children grow up as non-family members while going to church. You want your children to start operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit as early as possible and learning how to minister to people prophetically, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, gift of miracles, gift of healing. You want them to learn whatever other gifts they may have, music, whatever abilities they may have, you want them giving that over to the body of Christ. So from that, it goes out into the world and begins to heal the earthly families that are disconnected from the family of God. Praise the Lord. And there are many churches that say they are the church, 
And if you don't go to that church, you're not going to go to heaven. Well, know right now that that is a deception and a lie from the devil. Praise the Lord. Some will tell you if you don't dress a certain way, you're not going to heaven. Know right now that that is a lie from the devil. Praise the Lord. Some churches that call themselves churches are not churches at all because, of course, they don't believe that Jesus is God. You cannot get saved by an imperfect, sinful human being. You have to be saved by God himself. Only God's blood is holy blood, and it's the only blood that can wash away your sinful life. Praise the Lord. So there are many things like that. But the most important thing is to know the blessings that come to you if you're truly a part of the family of God. Power, favor, and healing. Everybody say it. Power, favor, and healing. Say, I'm going to have that in my life. Love, faith, and holiness. Everybody say it. I'm going to have love, faith, and holiness. Unity, truth, and purpose. Everybody say it. Unity, truth, and purpose. Fathering, equipping, and empowering. Fathering, equipping, and empowering. You see, fathering is very important because if you're not fathered, you're an orphan. So you need to be fathered by God. You can't be fathered by God if you don't have conversations with him regularly, all day long, constantly talking to him then he begins to father you about different things in your life. He corrects you. He encourages you. He defines you. He begins to describe to you, you. And then you understand why your life is the way it is and how to get it to be what he says it should be. Praise the Lord. Tell someone next to you, that's what I'm talking about. You have worship communion, and mission, all in the family of God. Try to get any of these outside the family of God, and here's what you'll find. You're going to have a natural job, and that will be it. You'll just work, and that's it. You'll work and make money and pay bills, and that's it. You will not be able to point to any of the things I'm describing because it's from the family of God that you get your assignments and your destiny. Otherwise, you spend your whole life just doing something secular with nothing divine in your life except one hour or two, one time a day on a Sunday. It must be much more than that. Anybody can be selfish and just live for themselves. That's what everybody does. It's when we extend ourselves into our destiny and what God has given us, we begin to give to every one else. Praise the Lord. You can teach your children how to be entrepreneurs for their own family. Or you can teach your family how to be entrepreneurs for the family of God and all those that God is reaching out to. There is a big difference in the things I'm talking about now. And this is what changes your perspective about God's family. This is why Satan's job is to reduce and minimize the church, and the family of God until it is reduced to nothing because the gates of hell will not prevail against the family of God. Praise the Lord. Turn to two people and say, that's what I'm talking about. The safest place 
is God's family. Amen? I'm not talking about you going to heaven or not. I'm talking about your life here on earth being functional in the plan of God for mankind. And then you have very important rescuing, destiny, revelation, heaven, and finally salvation. Praise the Lord. We are supposed to be rescuers of the solitary, lonely people of the world. That is our job. Every one of us in God's family will be given an assignment to rescue someone. And we will work hard at doing what that is, whatever it may be. That someone may be your brother, your sister, your uncle, your aunt, your cousin, a stranger, somebody at work, whatever it may be, but you will be a rescuer. When you're part of the family of God, you start rescuing. You start getting people saved. You start feeling responsible for the lostness of their life because they came into your life, you feel obligated to show and shine the light to them and say you don't have to live in this darkness and you don't have to live in this slavery and you don't have to live in this bondage. You can actually come to a more beautiful place in the family of God. You don't have to be an orphan. You don't have to feel solitary. You don't have to feel alone. You don't have to feel separated because that's what happens when there's no family of God then everybody becomes tribal and they try to find their own tribe on earth and try to make a tribe their actual spiritual family. And that is not how it works. Because the tribe will always fail you. But God will never forsake you, abandon you, or disinherit you. You must walk away from him he is never going to walk away from you. Praise the Lord. Somebody lift their hands and say, Oh God, I want to be a part of the functioning family of God. Not just the idea of family and not just a picture of it or a symbol of it, but the functioning, life-giving, life-bringing, rescuing, healing, family of Almighty God. Say it with me, red and yellow, black and white, they're all precious in God's sight. Praise God. Come on, say it again, red and yellow, black and white, they're all precious in God's sight. Never be ashamed of who you are and never let anybody else make you ashamed. Never act like you're better than everybody else but never allow anyone to make you feel like you're less than someone else. Because remember the assignment in Philippians 2. Treat everybody as if they are more important than you are. Praise the Lord. This is what the children of God do. This is how we treat people, and this is how we behave. Praise the Lord. Now, before I do the last thing here in a minute, I want to say that uh, this afternoon or this evening at 6 o'clock, we're coming back. I'm going to minister on the miracle of forward motion. And Kimberly has a word from God that is one of the greatest messages I have ever heard in my life. It will change your life forever. She's going to minister first, then I will, and then I'm going to minister to people in the gifts of the Spirit as well, as I will this morning a little bit in just a minute. But I want everybody to think about something. 
Are you really a functional member of the family of God? Not do you just go to church. What purpose do you serve in God's family? This is the question. And are you integrating your children into that family? Because remember, God sets the solitary and the lonely in families. Let's not pass on a spirit of an orphan to our children. Let's not make them orphans by staying home all the time. As soon as you can, come to church. Wear whatever you got to wear to feel safe. Wear masks. Wear shields. Dress in all white. Wear plastic over all your body. Do whatever. Don't touch anybody. Don't talk to anyone. Do whatever you want, but show up. Something happens when we're together in the same room, and the family of God changes the future. Praise the Lord. Close your eyes with me for a moment. For the purpose of privacy, not some religious reason, but privacy, like you would anytime you want to think. And put on my music if you would, the abide, abide with me. Think of this. Is God speaking to you this morning about your functionality in God's family? Ask yourself that question. What am I doing to help my family? How am I making my family healthier? Do you support your family? You obviously would not support somebody else's family. Do you support your family? Are you tithing to help the family of God? Do what it's called to do. Are you loving and praying for your family? Your earthly family, your godly family, and your spiritual family. Are you on your knees? Do you ever utter prayers for them? Are you trying to reach out to anybody? Are you asking God to heal your family? Oh God, heal my marriage, heal my children, heal my dad and my mom and my brothers and sisters. And heal the family of God, Lord, and all those that you put me in contact with through my job. Let me be someone who rescues and draws people into the family of God. And the final word is this. Are you 100% sure, without even one doubt, that if you were to die today, you would go to heaven? Can you say, if I died today, I know without any doubt that I go straight to heaven. Perhaps you're watching online and you're sitting there in your home, hopefully not feeling guilty, but maybe convicted. And you're saying, oh God, am I 100% sure 
Do I know that I know that I know that if I die, I will go straight to heaven? Because you must know that. Because that is the work of the Holy Spirit in someone's life, is to give them the peace of God concerning eternity. So they know if I die right now, I'm going to go to heaven because God gave me that peace. I didn't manufacture it on my own. He put it in my heart. And that is the question for you and your children and your family right now. And if you sit there and you say, I want to go to heaven when I die, you're saying that. I want to go to heaven when I die. And I want to have that peace. If that is you, I'm going to ask you to do something very simple right where you're sitting, and this is what I'm going to ask you to do. If you want God to give you that peace, I want you to raise your hand right now high enough for God to see and for everybody to see and tell him, I want that peace in my heart. Oh, my gosh. Look at all the hands going up, God, everywhere. People are lifting up their hand saying, this is it for me. I am not letting this slip away from me. I see your hands going up. Just keep holding them up. I see your hands there and 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 there. I see your hands. God sees your hands. And he said, if you're doing this publicly and you're not ashamed of me, then I will not be ashamed of you in front of my father. But if you are ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of you. So this is a serious matter, the raising of the hand in public. And now what I want you to do if you lifted your hand is simply stand right there where you're at and let me pray for you right now. Stand to your feet if you lifted your hand. I will pray for you. Keep playing that song. And then we are going to believe God for him to do that miracle right now. Let the angels see you stand up. Let Jesus see you stand up. Let God see you stand up. And let's make a difference in our lives this morning. I see you standing, and I believe God sees you standing. As I can see, I see 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. I see 13 people that are standing up right now. They're going to be sure. They're going to be sure. So those of you that are standing, if you would look at me for one minute, may I give you these words. Here on this earth, some people may not be able to forgive you for whatever it is you've done. You may ask them, and some of them will say, no, I'm not going to forgive you. Some will say, yes, I do forgive you. And the next time you hurt them, they'll bring it all up again, just as if they never forgave you. Because people cannot forget. So God knows this, that if all he does for you today is forgive you, and you still know he knows what you've done, that you can never really be free from that guilt. He knows that. You can never really be free from that shame. He knows that. So God is not just going to forgive you. He is going to do something only God can do. 
He said, not only will I forgive you, I will forget what you did and erase it from my memory forever. And when God forgets, it is perfect forgetfulness. It literally means that God does not remember any bad thing you did before today. That it is washed away and cleansed out of your life completely. And it is no longer held as a pointing finger of accusation and judgment against you. It is removed just as if you never did it. That is the forgiveness and forgetfulness of God. So that when you walk out of this building, you walk with no monkeys on your back, nor dead corpses hanging on you, and no guilt and shame for the past life you may have lived. This is what God offers you. And what you offer God is your life and your loyalty and faithfulness to serve him from now on until the day you die so that these doubts will never rise again in your life. And you will know, I'm going to walk with Jesus the best way I can every day of my life. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to have a perfect heart towards God. He will work whatever problems you have out in his graceful time. Praise the Lord. Are you ready? Is everybody ready? Would you one more time, close your eyes one more time. If there's anyone that's still sitting down that says, I wish I had stood up. If there's anyone else, would you be a wise person and stand up right now and say, I'm not taking any chances. I'm going to stand up and be at peace with God. Thank you. Anyone else? Let's pray together now. Dear Jesus, I apologize for everything I have done. I repent. I turn my back on the devil and his plan for my life. I give my life to you forever and ever and ever. I want to serve you and be yours till the day I die. Wash me clean, Jesus. I'm standing here in front of everyone declaring that I believe you're my Savior. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life so that when I die, I will go to heaven. In the name of Jesus. Say it out loud. I'm going to heaven. I am forgiven. And the devil is a liar. In the name of Jesus. I'm clean. And God has forgotten. I will not remind him ever again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now everybody give him a hand. And say praise God. Come on, everybody, give, a, give them a celebration, clap, and say, praise God. 17 people stood up. Let's praise God for that this morning. Let's thank God that in the house of God, there is salvation. In the family of God, there is salvation. 
So should there be in our lives. We should lead people to Jesus by his wonderful power. Praise the Lord. Now, before I close, I want to minister to a few people. Just things that are coming to my spirit. And I just want to do this because God is a good God. Praise the Lord. Tonight, we'll get everybody. But this morning, I just want to minister to a few of you. Is that okay with you? Because you know, the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. And he loves people. And he is a personal God that speaks personally to people. Praise the Lord. This lady, ma'am, you have, a, I think, orange and white and black stripes. Yeah. Why don't you stand up, would you? Yeah. This lady right here. Yeah. And tell me your name, ma'am. Yeah. So extend your hands over to Carrie. And, and Carrie, here's what I'm seeing as a picture. This is a prophetic picture. I see a large notebook. It has no writing in it but it is very beautifully made. It has leather, it has gold in it. I've never said this to anyone in my whole life. It has leather and the pages are blank and the pen is laying there. And the Lord says, this is the year where I begin to write your true story. He said, I'm filling the pages, not with your blood, but with my blood. So that the pain I suffered for you, I will not write into your story. The hurt that I suffered for you, I will not write into your story. The brokenness that I suffered for you, I will not write into your story. I will treat you like a daughter from now on. I will love you. I will heal you. I will nurture you. I will mentor you. I will satisfy you. I will complete you. I will define you. I will anoint you. I will equip you. And I will give you everything you need to succeed. I'll give you these four verses. They're recording this so you can get it. Proverbs 4.18, Luke 1, 78 and 79, Psalm 27, 1 and 3, Isaiah 60, 1 through 3. All those verses. Memorize them as they will give you great strength. Your past has been erased. Your future will be written by the hand of God. That is your word. Kimberly, do you have anything you want to say? Okay. Very, very important word. Uh, then uh, I want to speak to you guys for a second. Yeah. Like get your whole family to stand up. Praise the Lord. There's a whole bunch of them. So extend your hands over there. And, you know, when I was sitting over here and I looked over there, I kept hearing flourishing, um, seeds, growth, life, blossoming, fruitfulness, beauty, deliciousness, uh, wonder, image, the image of God. These are the things I kept hearing. You are entering the most flourishing part of your family. The flourishing of the seeds 
that God has planted in your lives since you were children are now going to begin to have bumper crops. Literally, the explosion of the seeds that the Holy Spirit planted in your lives many years ago. The seeds of the things you're hoping for. The seeds of the dreams you've had that maybe you've forgotten. New dreams that you've never had that God will give you. I hear this so loud in me right now. Anything you pray over will turn green. Your children will be like trees planted in the house of God. He will plant them by a stream and a river and their roots will go deep and go deep, deep, deep into the ground. They will look like a tree that's next to a river that is so huge and it's, it's sticking out almost at a 45 degree angle and nobody knows how it can stay up, but it's because the roots are so deep. And God says, this will be the story of your children. Their roots will be deep they will have the gifts of knowledge and wisdom. They will be nurturers. They will love tenderly all their life. They'll see people that are broken and feel their pain and have gifts of healing. They will have many stories of miracles and God will put in them the sounds of music. They will play instruments and sing and worship Jesus and they will walk around turning ashes into gardens. And this is your word from the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me give you these verses, Jeremiah 17, 7, 8, and 9, Psalm 1, 2, and 3, Joshua 1, 5 through 8, 2 Corinthians 3, 20, Isaiah 54, 17, Jeremiah 33, 3, and Nahum, or uh, Nehemiah 9, 25 through 27, and also 1 and verse 2. Very powerful, also verse 6 and verse 9. Very powerful words from the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. God bless you. So everybody, we are part of a movement that Satan cannot stop. Unless you quit, which quitting is the greatest tragedy of life. Don't quit on God. Don't quit on church. Don't quit on your Bible. Don't quit on fellowship. And don't quit on your family. Praise the Lord. I call you out of the darkness into the marvelous light. If you want to help us in our ministry, I want to testify on behalf of my wife and I that God has been faithful and loyal to us and our ministry, which requires millions of dollars a year. And we have never, not even looked at falling behind in any way, God has just maintained us through miracles. And that's the best way to say it. We are building things as I speak, and God is moving forward. We have lots of children that need sponsors. I'll tell you about that tonight if you come. And until then, if you give money today towards our ministry, remember you buy one meal with one dollar. And we need lots of meals. So God bless you. I'm handing it over to Pastor Scott. Thank you, everybody.